0: is the business of cannabis a joint venture between the green generation co and the cannabis 101 podcast bringing you the latest bud biz buzz Pleased as always to be joined by Malcol LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. Check out www.greengencompany.com and find out how Melka uh, can help you, and we always start off with a bit of a, a harder hitting topic. And uh, uh, you're this is uh, this is one that I'm just gonna let you go with because uh, I can tell by reading the notes you're fired up about this. But we're talking stocks, particularly Canadian cannabis stocks, from a U.S. perspective.
1: Yeah, thanks, Dean, again, for having me on the show. Um, I love conversing with you, especially because we sort of have that Canadian perspective. What I don't like is Americans who think that they know what's going on in Canada. And this is an American stock analyst who's actually pretty well tuted. Um, it's Alan Brockstein is his name. And my my statement about him and that the topic is that, you know, American stock analysts won't put their money where their mouth is. They think they know everything about Canadian cannabis stocks. And and this is the what I'm talking about with Alan Brockstein. So he's um has his own like line of investment advising around stocks. Um he's always sort of been in that space, but he chose the Canadian or sorry, the cannabis space Several years ago, I would say like 2014, he sort of jumped into specifically only cannabis stocks in Canada and worldwide, but mostly Canadian and US. So he has these two platforms, the 420 Investor or the 420i is one portfolio. And then he has New Cannabis Ventures, which is like a newsletter type uh, conversation. And I've been following his analysis on the stock markets in Canada and the U.S. since 2016 because he was really the only person that had real credible information from a business perspective that was, I thought, was like sort of a higher level analysis. And I've actually spoken to him a number of times um, and given an opportunity to, to weigh in and have a Canadian perspective on his American-Canadian perspective perspective. Um, and I've actually also invited him to look at like private companies, because as we're seeing now, there's a lot more interesting stuff going on with private companies, ones that are not publicly traded. He's declined on all of those things. But yesterday I tuned into a podcast I regularly listen to, which is the Canadian or sorry, the Cannabis Investing Network podcast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. It was episode number 56. And, and that gentleman, I can't remember the host name is, but they were referring to um, Alan Brockstein as the Maven. And, and he's from Texas. Um, I don't think he's ever set foot on Canadian soil or he's never spoken about that. But in this particular podcast, he definitely takes a dump all over the Canadian cannabis industry. And, um, and really, he states that his only sources of doing his analysis are press releases and news articles.
0: Yeah, the, you know, and, and listen, um, it, it's easy to cherry pick different things when you're so far away and you're getting fed, uh, um, you know, you know whether you want to call it a, a, a pro or propaganda press release or whatever it might be. But you know, w- you know what? Why is this? Why is there such a maybe a following for a person that seems to be disconnected from what he's covering?
1: Well, I mean, it's kind of, I think it has to do with sort of that money mentality. I mean, if you listen to analysts anywhere, um, they talk about their fundamentals and sort of their their, I mean, say their basic, um, their process for determining how they choose and evaluate uh, stock information. Um, I don't happen to think that any analyst knows what they're talking about. That's my own personal slant. And and they literally, you know, if you want to do a real analysis on this, you can look back, like, you can take any analysis, uh, stock analysts, what they say, and what they, you know, recommend, or what they, you know, predict, and then like, backtrack it and see were they right. And and pretty much like from what I've seen, you can come up with a 50-50 coin toss for pretty much everything that they've ever said. So I mean that's why people like Warren Buffett, you know, stand out and people that have been around for a lot of years. And and what this has to come down to is that, you know, this particular gentleman makes money off of his his portfolio recommendations. So he has a platform where you can buy and subscribe to what he's predicting or what he's telling you to invest in. But he doesn't have any money in those stocks. (laughs) Now, Partly that could be because he's American and there are the financial restrictions around that. But I don't think that's the reason because that doesn't really restrict him from anything. He can still probably trade stocks on different exchanges. So, yeah. So basically his his investment portfolio, which he doesn't have any uh, money in, it's a model portfolio. He's been tracking stocks since legalization for about two years and, and my, my, you know, the stocks have been happening in Canada for longer than that. I mean, the initial stock and in IPOs were, you know, even two years prior to legalization. Anyway, so he basically what he's saying is he's not wasting his time on Canadian cannabis stocks anymore. Um, and he like, doesn't even want to talk about it. And, and, and I don't know, maybe it's his way of being like, oh, you know, like, this is maybe pay attention or something. But Basically, he cites two things or two major reasons, which are, you know, well understood in Canada. And one of them is that all cannabis products are duking it out for the same shelf space. So in Canada, we know that the retail network is the only way to buy products. So that's kind of an obvious, right? Um, The second one is his version of what, you know, I've talked about before is the pot apocalypse, which he didn't come up with that term that came, was coined by another actually marketing advertising person, Owen Reeder. But he's his version is that he sees the like the, the fifty five or so public publicly traded cannabis Canadian cannabis companies. he thinks thirty of them will go private or bankrupt in the next coming months or you know a couple of years. And we're already seeing this happen. So it's not like it was like this whole massive like revelation, right? Mm-hmm. So that was what I mean is that his predictions are like, well, yeah, they're like duh, <laughs> you know that's what I, so I was like that's that's why my sort of bone to pick on that. But the other thing, you know, and this is actually the part that we do we do agree on, is that, um, you know, least recently I have put a post out on LinkedIn talking about, you know, cannabis in this pandemic time that we're in, is a key to economic driving um, for employment and reducing budget deficits in the pandemic. Like, if you look at, you know, economic policy and government policy around, you know, how to deal with all this, you know, lack of people without jobs or losing their sources of income we were looking at the cannabis industry. as like this bright spot, you know, here's this industry that's massively growing. There's a huge demand for the products um, and the services and everything related to it. And it's an essential service. So that's an area where the growth in cannabis and legal with legalization and within the pandemic is a reason to invest in cannabis, Canadian cannabis stocks, not to shy away from it.
0: Well, it it that's exactly it. Um, I, you know, we 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 saw what happened uh, at the beginning with uh, with cannabis sales, and and you know, I think I think that there's uh, any startups always have not always, but many startups have early dips, and I just think that's what we're in. Jeez, we're not even two years, so yeah. you have a challenge for this gentleman.
1: Yeah, so I wanted to challenge him sort of out loud. And this is actually something I've been wanting to do for a long time, not just to Alan Brockstein, but I want to create, I have my own actually, Canadian Cannabis Stock Market Portfolio Challenge. So I've been trading Canadian cannabis stocks since 2014 or 15. And I keep track of them in my own online, uh, you know, um, tracker with my own real money. And I'm going to put that information publicly on my uh, website. And if you're interested in following along or, you know, taking my, Trades and my advice on stock, uh, stock trades. Check it out on my website greengencompany.com and click on cannabis uh, stock portfolio challenge, um, and you'll get a chance to play along too.
0: Awesome! I'm looking forward to doing that. So, Green Gen Company. Dot .com click on cannabis stocks portfolio challenge and uh, get in the game. All right, let's get to change makers and in these covid times networking has become necessary online.
1: Yeah, so I mean, you know, prior to covid, events networking and you know, getting together as a community, as an, as an industry was sort of the key way that, you know, deals were happening and, and marketing and sharing information. Um, that was sort of the major area that we had to do that within the restrictions, within the uh, uh, legalization and cannabis act. But with all these conferences and networking pretty much grounding to a halt, I've had the opportunity to experience some pretty new, cool concepts in online networking um, without having to travel or going places. And what's cool is, is that, you know, some of these sessions, they've been really crafty in in, in how they're set up, where it's almost like a speed networking session, Mm -hmm. kind of like a speed dating thing. But you're like randomly broke, you get into these randomly breakout rooms in small groups, like two or three, and you get a set amount of time, like there's like a a clock, like ticking down on you. But you actually get to speak to somebody who you've never met before. um, And who you probably wouldn't even approach in a conference setting. It's very randomized. So this is an opportunity that you get to see them face to face, you have your own FaceTime, like you have your own opportunity to give your elevator pitch, what are you, you know, what are you doing? What's your business? Or what are you involved with in the industry? Or what do you want to learn about? But you're getting, you're doing it in a space and in a in a more relaxed setting. Like I'm, you know, I'm sitting in my own home office. Um, in most cases, sometimes in my pajamas, only you know, mm-hmm. business dress from the waist up, and uh, focus on and I can focus on my communication with intention and building connections and learning about other cool people, which I just don't think is it's like more authentic and deeper than if you were at a conference or at an event.
0: Yeah, I I really uh, am like you, I'm much more comfortable in my studio than, you know, being out, uh, you know, just uh, personal reasons and things like that. So this is something that I think is, uh, is right up my alley. And so you make that connection and then kind of where do you go from there?
1: Yeah, well, like pretty much everyone like, you know, really wants to connect, at least with me, I find that almost everybody wants to follow up. But it's easy because you can quickly find them on LinkedIn or some of the sessions allow for like your contact information to be shared with whoever you agree to at the end. So it's very easy to go from a networking session to an email to connect with that person, you know, and set up the next time that you want to meet.
0: There you go. I like this uh, event. Uh, I'm going to definitely look into this. And is this something you're doing on a regular basis?
1: Yeah, so I do the the roll call with the cannabis at work. So cannabis at work is obviously a, is a recruiting or job placement group for cannabis sector within Canada. And they have the weekly roll call. So you add your name to the list and they sort of like it's it goes like 20 people at a time. So you may be with totally different people every time or some similar people. But the way that they do it is pretty, pretty cool. And it's very well organized. And there's also lots of other ones on Eventbrite, like that are free. So just check out your Eventbrite um, to find out, or even Meetups is another one. They've gone online too.
0: Excellent. All right, let's finish up with what it means to be green. This week, we're talking about Pure Life Carbon and breathing life back into soil and plants. How do we do that?
1: Yeah. So Pure Life Carbon is a, it's a Kissed an Alberta company. Uh, They've been around for a while. And and cannabis, again, has really been a catalyst for them to really propel their business forward and and grow and scale quite quickly. Um, So this is what I mean is that this is a true built into my ethos of what it means to be green for my company. Um, So basically, you know, carbon emissions have been around uh, and accelerating. Obviously, you know what carbon emissions are for a long Mm -hmm. time. And, you know, it's a climate change political football, but we're really starting to see the effects day to day, global water levels, temperature, blah, blah, you know, devastating storms. I mean, I'm not trying to downplay it, but the rhetoric is the same. It hasn't changed. And now we're adding things like, you know, COVID and, you know, world virus and civil unrest to these existing things. So this is such a simple thing is that Pure Life Carbon has this product called Charged Carbon. It's also known as Biochar, and it's a grow medium. It replaces other uh, soils or cocoa uh, coil. There's a whole bunch of other things that can, uh, cannabis plants can be grown in. That's a soil medium and pure life carbon is engineering. What is actually a very natural process and essentially just speeding it up and, and making it um, like medical or pharmaceutical grade and that it's very clean. Um, and it's basically a, a charcoal. It's basically a, a ma- manufactured form of charcoal from Burnt wood, essentially. So it's considered initially as a waste product, you know, burnt wood chips, and it either stays in place or ends up in a landfill. But uh, Pure Life Carbon has a facility in Alberta where they're taking this um, product and turning it into a soil medium that sequesters carbon. So that means that it will literally absorb carbon out of the air um, and for more than a thousand years if exposed to air. And potentially has the effects of reversing climate change on a large scale. If this is the, if it's exposed to air, it almost acts acts like a battery for the plant. So I saw this great um, um case study that was done by Atlas Growers where they were talking about it like as a battery where it's put in the pot the pot where the soil is grow where the plants are growing and it's storing water and nutrients air and beneficial microbes, releasing them to the plants through their own life cycle. Which results in excellent root growth and overall plant health, and it absorbs them and detoxifies pesticides and other heavy metals. So it's like a sort of like an all-in-one, like everything that the plant mm. needs, um, because it's very natural and works with all of the things that are growing in the plant. The one of the biggest benefits that it has is that it, it really shortens growing time because the roots are able to sort of very easily grow and get a lot more uh, nutrients. There's not a lot of resistance for the roots to really take hold. And they're finding that this increases yield by 10 to 20%, which is quite significant when you're growing in a larger growth uh, room and in a small one. And it reduces the need for chemical herbicides and pesticides because it doesn't allow, it's anaerobic. So it doesn't allow for like algae to, go, to grow or some of the other organic mediums have like pests, like gnats and things which have to be treated So really, it's just a really cool, very natural thing that I've learned a lot about just by uh, hearing about it from other people that are working with it and and selling it and doing all these cool things with it. And charged carbon uh, and pure life carbon is what it means to be green.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting. I I love the the idea that it stores everything up and just kind of, it's like time released, right? Like as it... uh, as it goes, it releases all the, the nutrients. So and this is something that's easily just kind of added to the soil when you're when you're growing your plants.
1: Well, they use it instead of soil. So a okay. lot of the different mediums now, they don't use this soilless. So they'll okay. use like Perfect. this cocoa coil or or these other like like organic materials so the roots can easily like spread out. But because um I guess what happens is these materials are also, they also attract pests and grow algae. Like they have, they're very natural ingredients, you know, things anyways. Sure. But the, the charged carbon is like, it's like almost like it's like, I'm, it's very clean. Like there's, it's only carbon. It's like one, it's one carbon. It's one molecule. So it doesn't have anything, nothing else can grow on it. So that means it makes the um, other things that sort of also grow and plants grow. Um, They don't, don't, they don't happen. Like the, the other organisms that need to be treated to help prevent them from hurting the plant don't exist. Huh. Um, so that was really cool. And it just seems like it's, some of the pictures I saw are just incredible um, and how much faster the plants can grow, which effectively, if you're in a growing room and with lighting, you could literally have another, you know, another growing around and higher yield just by changing out this, this medium, this, the growing medium to uh, charge carbon with pure life carbon.
0: Huh. Helps the plant and protects the plant at the same time. It sounds like a uh, uh, a winning situation when it comes to uh, what it means to be green. Malka, thank you for joining me as usual. Hit up the website greengencompany.com and then click on the Cannabis Stocks Portfolio Challenge and try your luck. Thanks again for joining me, Malka. We'll talk next week.
1: Thanks, Dean.